I'm Alan Lytle for 91.3 WUKY, Lexington's NPR news station. WUKY is participating in this year's Public Media Day of Action. It's a movement led by a diverse coalition of public media workers whose purpose is to raise awareness of the negative effects of a lack of diversity, equity and inclusion in public media while sharing solutions for individuals and organizations and to provide a historical perspective on this topic Doug Boyd from the Louis B. Nunn Center for Oral History in the U.K. Libraries is here for another segment of our award-winning history series, Saving Stories. One of the great resources for researching and studying a community's history is its newspapers. So much was included in a community's historic newspaper, but also so much was excluded. While there were African-American newspapers throughout Kentucky, like the Lexington Chronicle, the Lexington Standard, a publication called Torchlight, the Louisville Defender... In the mainstream newspapers, like the Lexington Herald and the Lexington Leader, coverage of the African-American community was limited to one section in the back of the paper. As a matter of fact, the Lexington Herald Leader in 2004 issued a public apology for not covering the civil rights movement. Which was not uncommon nationally. In fact, uh, newspapers across the country usually segregated African-American news to sections or columns at the back of the newspaper that usually included announcements, church activities, uh, news about social clubs or organizations or people in that community. And in the case of the Lexington Herald, it was a column called, of all things, Colored Notes. One of the oral history interviews that we have in the collection is with Andrew Ekdahl, who was the senior managing editor for the Lexington Herald. He had been with the newspaper since 1938. And in this interview, he talks a great deal about his views about integration, the newspaper. And in this clip, he talks about the Colored Notes column. It was essentially uh, church news, uh, social club news, and uh, black obituary. Some of the more progressive black leaders, uh, they just felt they didn't like segregation. They felt that was certainly, and certainly it was, a very blatant segregation of the news. Uh, It was particularly... uh, I feel offensive in the case of obituaries. So even the obituaries were segregated in the Lexington Herald at this time. Another interview that we had is with Oven Hatchet. Oven Hatchet started as an apprentice printer in 1967 and later moved on to serve as an advertising supervisor. And in his interview, he reflects a great deal on being one of the few African-American employees at the newspaper, but also on colored notes. Colored notes. Never forget it. I would say that Colored Notes went out in about 69. They had their own black editor, you might say. Basically, she simply took information and saw that it got in the paper. Degrading to me at that time, and I was a young person, but I knew that that wasn't right, that we had to run in a particular column in a particular section of the paper, but that's just the way it was. So eventually the colored notes were discontinued and you started to see a bit more integration of the newspaper. And then eventually we'd see African-American perspectives laid out by columnists and reporters. Merlene Davis was hired by the Herald-Leader in 1980 and got her own column in 1985. In her oral history interview from 2015, she talks a lot about the significance of the colored notes section of the newspaper. It was important to the black community to see something of themselves. The printed word legitimizes a lot of stuff. So to have a piece of yourself in the printed word, I mean, that's it. Um, So the Colored Notes was a concession to the black community, but it was also a blessing 
to the uh, black communities. It was everything. The Nunn Center has hundreds of oral history interviews with members of the African-American community in Lexington, many of which are available online at KentuckyOralHistory.org. And a reminder, WKY is participating in this year's Public Media Day of Action. It is a movement led by a diverse coalition of public media workers. and The purpose is to raise awareness of the negative effects of a lack of diversity, equity, and inclusion in public media while sharing solutions for individuals and organizations. And thanks to you, Doug Boyd, from the Louis B. Nunn Center for Oral History in the U.K. Libraries for providing us with that a vital historical perspective that this has been a part of the media landscape long before NPR, long before public radio. It was right here in our local newspapers. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks for having me.